Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Before I teach the Word of God, I would like to encourage you something from my heart. I become a pastor not because it's a job for me, not because I have to do it, but because the Lord, the Almighty God, the Father of our life put the burden into my heart to be a spiritual father. I'm not a professional pastor. I'm not a doing my job. I'm not doing my job. This is a calling. And this calling comes from God. That God put in me that I care for His children. God is in heaven right now. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And He sent His Holy Spirit to be in the world. And He, by the Spirit, He anoints some people to work in the different ministry. And one of the ministry is to be the shepherd, to be pastors. To be a pastor means to take care of God's sheep, to care for God's sheep to lead, to guide, to teach, to train. And the pastor has the heart of the Heavenly Father. I tell you, I care for you so much. I cannot take care of the members of other churches because it's not my business. The pastor has to take care of them. But for my church, I care for you. All day, all night, Pastor Dan and I always think about you, talk about you, pray for you. And I want to encourage you one thing before I preach the Word of God. I came from non-Christian background. I came from Buddhism. I came from Thai culture. And after I gave my life to Jesus, I began to study the Bible. I want to know what God say in His Word. And I began to realize that I have a lot of baggages. I had a lot of baggage, and I still have some. A lot of baggages that come from Buddhist thinking, Buddhist perspective, come from Thai culture and Thai practice, which are not biblical at all. Very worldly, very human thing, but not of God's thing. And I have learned for the past 40 years as a Christian that when I have wrong perspective, wrong mindset, wrong principle, Wrong way, you know, your perspective and your mindset will dictate your attitude, your action, and eventually will determine the outcome of your life. And it will cause either blessing or problems. You cannot blame God. You take responsibility to let God cleanse your mind and renew your mind. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, you respond to God's mercy. He is merciful to you. He died for you. He paid a price for you. He loved you. He sent the angel to take care of you. He sent the Holy Spirit to help you. Please respond to God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, you give your body to be holy and pleasing to God. You live a life that is pleasing to God. 
that is your true and proper worship. The true worship is to give our life to God, to live a life of pleasing God. And I want to emphasize verse two: Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Definitely, this world is composed of Vietnamese, Thai, Chinese, Laotian, Americans, Congo, Congolese. Composed of many nations, and the pattern of this world, we come from different countries, and we grew up with those cultures and those mindset of our own nationality, and the way we were trained by our daddy and mommy. My mom and dad has a lot of wrong mindset in their life, and they pass into me. So God say, do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to encourage all of you to really take serious as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ to really know His word, His way, His principle. And take it in, and let the word of God renew your mind, so that you will do the will of God. And when you do the will of God, you will be successful. You shall be blessed. You shall be prosperous. You shall live a long life. You shall be healthy. You shall see miracles after miracles, and you will see the breakthrough in your life. Please take serious. Be diligent in reading the Bible. Go to Bible study. Listen to the teaching in our YouTube. I cannot stop you from listening to other preacher, but at least as a shepherd of this flock, I produce a lot of teaching. That you have one day when we all stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat, you cannot give excuse or say anything that, oh, by the way, Jesus, I'm sorry, I did not obey you because I don't know. And you don't get a reward that day. And Jesus say, "Hey, no excuse, because your pastor, Pastor Lau, produced thousands of lessons in the YouTube. You don't listen to it. It's your own problem. You have no excuse because now we have the Bible in the phone. You can turn on the Bible app and you can read in the car. You have no excuse because we have teaching that you can get into the internet." You can get at the CD table. Please, this is how I become a Christian. When I turned to Christ in 1981, I really want to study the Bible. I want to know what the Word of God says, and you can see the outcome. I give you one example. One leader in Thailand. This couple served God as worship leaders and teacher in the church. But they did not yield to the principle in the Bible, because the principle in the Bible say you need to teach and train your kids, you need to discipline your kids, you don't let your kids to become your boss, you need to lead them, train them, correct them. That's what the Bible say. The Bible say that if you don't discipline your kids, you don't love your kids. The rod of discipline is to show love to your kids. This couple never disciplined their kids. Always let the kids become the boss. 
Tell them what to do every day. When the kids want something, sure, you are my boss. The two sons grew up. I'm sorry to tell this story, but it's so sad in my heart because they serve God. Both sons, right now, did not work. Still, put them the hand out at 35 years old to make money from the parents, yell to the parents, curse the parents, and still bossy the parents because this couple never. Practice what the Bible say. I want to tell you, don't follow the world system. Please follow the way of God. Please take serious about practicing what the Bible say. Is it clear? I say this because I love all of you. I care for you. I don't want to see you face failure and trouble in your life. Please practice what the Bible say. The Bible say. If you obey my commands, you shall make your way. Who make your way? You yourself make your way to prosper. Amen. Take serious. Practice what the Bible say. I want to warn you. I want to talk to you. I don't want to see you cry at the end of your life. That oh, I make mistake. Now I reap the bad harvest. Now. I saw the wrong thing in my life. Make decision to practice what the Word of God say. Renew your mind. On Sunday, when I preach the Word, don't go out there, walk around talking. Don't be in the kitchen. If you are in the kitchen, make sure you listen to the sermon. If you cannot listen, please make sure you listen. On Friday morning, we we post the teaching on Sunday of the previous Sunday. Listen to that sermon. Don't miss any sermon. Why? Because the Lord give me the food for you. Do you know how hard I work? Pastor Da can be witness. Sometimes midnight, I still sit in front of computer to type the sermon, to prepare, to look at the scripture. I work so hard. I read my sermon four or five times before I preach. I really take serious of feeding you. If you don't take serious receiving the food from God. You are slapped on God's face, slapping on His face, and say, "I don't care what you tell me. Please take it serious." In this church, Pastor Lau has taken seriously to feed your spirit with the Word of God. Are you serious too? Everyone say, "Serious commitment, unwavering determination, commitment, diligence." And persistence. persistence. The Bible say in the book of Genesis, chapter 24, verse 1, Abraham was now a very old man. I can start to identify with this word now. Getting older, and the Lord has blessed him in every way. This scripture talk about Abraham. Who really received God's best into his life? He received all the fulfillment of the promise of God, but he came to this part of his life because he did something to God. Let me read from Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 to 4 one more time, and I will continue to preach. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him. I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Walk before me mean 
you have relationship with God. Every day, you talk to God. Every day, you say, God, what you want? Tell me, teach me, correct me. I want your ways. I'm not gonna be stubborn. I don't want to be hard-headed or stiff-necked. Tell me, Lord, my hands are clean. My heart is pure. Look at me. I walk before you and be blameless. Actually, no one is blameless. I have some flaw and some weaknesses in my life too. But I decide to be blameless, which means if God correct me something, I'm not going to be stubborn. I'm not going to argue with God. If the pastor warned you something, no, I don't care what you say. No, no, actually God is speaking through me when I warned you. God is speaking through me. God used human to speak to you. Yes, Lord, I'm going to change. I'm going to repent. I'm going to adjust my life. I want to be blameless in your eyes. And I will make my covenant between me and you. Our God is a God of covenant. Christians are the covenant man and woman. And will multiply you exceedingly. How many people want God to give you multiplication? Yes. Multiply your bank account. You want that? Well, when we talk about money, everyone say yes. God is going to give you good health. Yeah. Multiply your years. You live a long life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Multiply your business. Yeah. Multiply everything in your life. Yeah. Your children will marry with a good spouse and have many children. Yeah. Multiply. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Multiply not a little bit. Exceedingly. Everyone say exceedingly. I like that word, exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face. Abraham, you know, sometimes when I lay hand on people, people ask in their heart, why I have to fall down? Actually, in the Bible, all the godly men and women fall down before God. There are three reasons that we fall down. Number one, we fall down because we want to show respect to God. God is the Almighty God. I want to show respect to God. And I want to be humble before God. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble. So even though God did not touch me to fall, I fall anyway. Because I want to show, I, I don't want to fall forward. Because I don't want to hit the pastor. So I fall backward. I fall down because I want to show that I am humble before God. Number two, we fall down the second reason. Because God touches how many people get your finger in the electric socket? What are you going to do? When you get the finger in the electric socket and you fall down. The same thing, the reason we need our new body in heaven, because if you go to heaven with this body, you're going to be shaking and you're going to fall down because the glory of God in heaven is so strong and this earthly Sinful body cannot stand before the glory of God. That's why when God touched you, I fell down the first time in my life in Florida. When a preacher lay hand on me, I feel the electricity, bam, gone. I fell down many times like that because the glory of God hit me. And three, I fall down because I want to show worship and honor to him. So, and if you humble yourself, you can receive from God. 
I learned one thing: if you come to receive from God and you stand out there, what can happen after I walk away? You're gonna open your eyes and you stop receiving, and you feel tired in your legs. You're gonna go back to your seat and sit and receive nothing. You need to, in Thai language, call tư. I don't know in English. Tư mean actually it's a Chinese word. Tư. Tư mean. If you don't give, God say, "Ask and will be given to you. Seek, you shall find. Knock." So when I come out to receive from God, tư, ask, seek, knock, but it's hard to do when you stand because you're gonna be tired. I rather tư God. Now new words. I rather press in. Okay, press in. I rather say if. Uh, this has happened to me one time in a revival service in Florida. I was sitting there, and uh, God did not touch me. God did not touch me, and the pastor is leaving the room. He's done with his preaching, so I start to t. I start to say, God, I did not fly to Florida just to sit in the service. I want to be touched by you, and I began to draw, pull the straw out. <laughs> Please touch me. I was so hungry. Bam! The pastor walked out already. I still drunk in the Holy Spirit on the chair for another half an hour at the end of the service because I t o God. I press in. I am hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm like the woman with the issue of blood. Touch me. I will not let you go until you touch me. Amen. I'm go out of the sermon now. Abraham fell on the face, and God talked with him. When you come into the presence of God, and you really hungry, you want to hear from Him, and you want Him to touch you. What happened? He speak to you. He may speak to you some secret that make your life turn around and have a breakthrough. He may tell you something that caused you to do at work and get the promotion. He may talk to you, get to that website, and you're gonna get the job in America. That Congolese student, because you press in, and God gonna speak to you. If you just, yeah, God, but sure, bye. God has no time to talk to you, and you miss a lot. I rather have the Almighty God speak to me, because one word from God. One sentence from God can change my life totally. Maybe He say, "Hey, go to that place, and that place you find your boyfriend and your future spouse, because God say to you, 'Go to that place. You turn 18. I don't have a boyfriend. I need a boyfriend, and you keep looking for a boyfriend.'" But just one word from God, go there, and that man show up, 
and he look at you. Ooh. You need to hear from God. If you hear from God, He's gonna lead you. <laughs> Why, ladies in this room laugh? <laughs> I don't talk about girlfriend yet because I know that some of you <laughs> looking for girlfriend. Okay. As for me, he said, "Behold, my covenant is with you." God already have made up His mind with the covenant man and woman like you and me. As for me, as for God, I make a covenant to bless you, to give you the best, to heal you, to guide you, to provide for you, to take care of you. As for me, I make decision. The next question is, how about you? Do can you say the same thing? As for me. I will live uprightly before you. I will be blameless. I will walk with you. You are my God. You are my Creator. You are my Lord. You are my source of supply. I gonna honor you. Everyone say, "As for me, I and my house will serve the Lord." Last night. We learned the lesson that, uh, actually, the past couple of days, we learned the lesson that in order to receive God's best, we need to give our best to God. Everyone say, give. give. We need to sow, and when we give God's best, God, give God the best of our life. We walk excellently, the best we can. We give our time, our service to God, with excellence. I love Pastor Da very much. She is my star, my honey. So everything I do for her, I want to do the best for her. When she say, "Honey, I like that Louis Vuitton," <laughs> go for it. Actually, the house I live right now. One day, Pastor Da drove back to the house I live in, and she say, "I found a house. I love it." Okay, okay, let's go. We walk into that house and we bought it. Happy wife, happy life. Because I love her, I want to give the best to her. That is the best house she loves. So whatever she want, go for it. Can you imagine? We should do the same thing to God. We want to give God's best, the best in our life. And when you give God the best of your life, you touch His heart, and He see that you love Him. You make a covenant with Him, and you will say, "Okay, lah, I give you the best too." I'm gonna bless you more than other people. Other people in the world gonna be jealous of you when they see your life because you make a choice. As for me, I give God my best. Last night we learned that when we give, we should give with the right attitude. We should not give with the wrong attitude. Actually, we give to God, we serve God not because we want money from God or we want reputation. We want recognition, position, honor from people, or anything of the world. We give to God because we are appreciative, we are thankful, we are grateful for what the Lord has done. We learn from the Abraham that Abraham won the battle and got his 
cousin back, and he won the battle with only 318 men. And he said, "You know, no one in the world gonna say that man make me rich. Only God make me rich." He lift his arm up, and he said, "I'm so thankful you are my source of supply. So I will be show thanks to you by giving 10% to you." So he gave 10% of his good or his substances to Melchizedek. Now look at the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. We give to God with the right attitude. What kind of attitude is that? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Your possession. You give to the Lord to honor God. And your income, you give the first fruit. You give the best part of your income to God. You don't give leftover. Oh, let me buy Starbucks first. Let me enjoy that Bun Thit Nương first. I'm going to spend money for Bun Thit Nương, for Starbucks, for my Louis Vuitton first. And if I have leftover, I'm going to give to you. That is not honoring God. That is to treat God as a junk, as a garbage. That you get anything else first, and you give you the junk to God, the leftover to God. God say, with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats with, will overflow with new wine. You notice the word plenty? How many people want to be, have plenty? How many people want to have overflow? More than enough. Everyone say, exceedingly. exceedingly. Everyone say, overflow. overflow. Abraham knew that God was the one who gave him prosperity and blessing. What is the meaning of the word blessing? What is the meaning? Empower to prosper. When God bless you, he empower you to prosper. Abraham knows. And this Bible say, when we know that God is our source, we should honor Him. How we honor Him? We honor Him not only with our words. We honor Him not only with our action or with our song singing, but we honor Him with our possessions as well. What does it mean, honor? Honor means to see the high value. And to demonstrate the high respect. When we see that God is so honorable God, He is the answer to our life, we want to honor Him. And the best way to honor Him is to give. Give our time, our service, our finances to God. We honor Him because we deeply have gratitude and thankfulness in our heart. God, you died for me, Jesus. You provide for me. You save me. Oh, Jesus, you shed your blood for me. You're so good to me. You're the good God. You're the king of all kings. I should honor you. And when we honor him, the Bible says in verse 10, our barns will be filled with plenty. Our bank account will have more than enough. Our life is so full. 
your refrigerator, you have so much food that you cannot even eat all of them. Your closet full of clothes. You have so much that you can bless other people. What is the key? Honor the Lord with your possessions. Let me tell you the truth. I have zero hidden agenda for you to give money to me and give money to this church. Zero agenda. God is my source. The source of this church is God, not you. You give or not give is between you and God. I have no agenda for you to give money to the church. Actually, I promised God about 20 years ago that I will not preach about money with the hidden agenda to get money from people. I want to have a pure heart. I preach the truth so that you can be blessed and you can honor God. Amen? Amen. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul said the same thing. I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 in the New King James Version first. And then I will read from the Amplified Bible. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. No force. No one force you to give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Let me read from the Amplified Bible. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in the heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, he takes pleasure in. How many people want God to smile at you? You don't want to give God, is that right? You want God to look at you. Oh, wow. Look at that lady named Da. She is so generous to me. She is a giver. Wow, I'm so happy. He takes pleasures in. Prices above other things. In the eyes of God, you are more expensive than Hermes. He prizes you very high. You are very valuable because you are a cheerful giver. What else? And unwilling to abandon and to do without. If you are generous to God, God will not forsake you. He will not abandon you. And the good things in His kingdom, He's going to get you involved. You're going to be a part of the good things that happen in the world because he doesn't want to do any good things on the earth without you. You have the privilege to be used by God. A cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it, giver whose heart is in his giving. We give you a cheerful heart. The Bible says clearly here, we don't give God because we are forced to do it. No one forces to give. We give our time, our finances, our possessions, our tithe to God. No one forces. And when we give cheerfully, joyfully with our heart, the Bible says that He takes pleasure 
Yes, God loves every Christian. God loves the world. But not everyone gives God's pleasure. If we talk in a human way, some people give God headache. Human way. God doesn't have headache. But I want to say, some Christian make God sit on the throne. I bless you so much, but you're so selfish to me. You never honor me. God shook his head. Yes, he loved them, but he did not have pleasure. Do you want God to smile at you? You want God to take pleasures in you? I want God to take my side. I want God to give me favor. So in order to make God give me favor, I need to be a generous giver. I need to please Him, honor Him with my substance. We want to give God willingly. We don't want to give God unwillingly. We want to give God cheerfully because we know that God is our source. He takes care of us. He loves us so much. He has been good to us. He saved us. He heals us. So we want to honor our God. And when we honor our God with our substances, what happens? He will take pleasure in us. That's why if you look around Christian in the world, Christians have different level of blessing, different level of favor, different level of blessing. Why? The heart here is different. Some people are stingy. When they give to God, the hand shaking. The hands are full of glue. When somebody asks them to help something, why? That's my money. I earn it. I don't want to give to you. Their heart is so close they don't want to honor God at all. That's why they don't receive much favor from God, honor from God. If you honor God, God will honor you. Giving is not about paying your debt. Your financial giving is not to pay debt. You don't pay. You pay because, not because you owe God something. But your financial and your service to God is the seed of love and honor. You sow seed of love and honor. I give you an example. Every time I went to Thailand, I would go directly to my dad. He was 80 years old, 90 years old, getting older. And every time I went to my dad, I would pull out a big envelope with a lot of money in there, cash. And I say, Daddy, I love you. And I pray for him because he knows I'm a pastor. I give money to him every time I went there. A lot of money. He looked at me and he smiled. He's happy. And this is a secret. Usually Chinese dad give most inheritance to the oldest son. That is a culture of Chinese. I don't know today, but my, my dad is an old culture. Out of all the brother and sister, beside the oldest brother who get the highest inheritance, I'm number two. But I'm the youngest son. Why? 
because I honor my dad with my money. I always give to my dad. And I compare this story to God. When you honor God with your substance, you sow the seed of love, and you sow the seed of honor. Eventually, you will reap. Actually, the question is: Is it true that we owe God? Let me ask you this question: If you walk into a shopping mall and walk into a store and you see on a table a something and say, "If you buy this, you will not have to go to hell, and you go to heaven," how much is that object to buy? Priceless. You cannot pay for your salvation. Jesus Christ gave up His life for you. He suffered, nailed on the tree, whipped many times on the back, shed His blood. They put the crown of thorn on His head. He suffered. They ridiculed Him, spit on Him, took His clothes off before He went up on the cross. He paid a price. The Son of the Living God died for you. Your salvation, you cannot pay. That if you say I'm in debt with God, I'm sorry to tell you that debt you cannot pay. High price. Very high price. And not only that, think about this: How many times God heal you? How many times? God protect your children out of the problem. How many times have you faced very difficult crisis in your life, and God saved you out of that crisis supernaturally? How many times that God lead you to the right place at the right time, and you get the right job, and you get the promotion, and you get the favor from other people? Thank God, as a Thai man, I get a job at University of Washington. And I became the boss of all American doctors in one year. Thank God I get a job in Bellevue. Thank God He healed my eczema. He healed my wife from bleeding from her womb, and we can have more kids. Thank God that He healed my oldest daughter when she was about nine months old. Thank God He healed my members so many times. Thank God He take care of us. You think you have enough money to give him? You owe him something? No. You don't pay back to God. You don't have enough money to pay back to God. His goodness, his help to you, is priceless. Therefore, God requires you to come to Him with thankfulness and honor. That's it. You don't pay Him back. You just honor your daddy in heaven, just like I honor my dad. I love my dad so much. He's not a perfect dad, but he take care of me. He took care of me, and this is an earthly dad. And this is I'm talking about the Almighty God, our heavenly Father. That's why Abraham gave to God tithe. He knows that God is the one who gave him victory. Who give him prosperity? He is the God who is his source of supply. Young men in this room, young women in this room, I want to tell you, 
Don't be prideful and think that you're going to be successful in life because you're so smart. Your success comes from God. You can be so smart. You're so smart. You walk in the office. I know the best, boss. What do you want me to do? And after a few months, you get fired because you're so prideful and you don't respect your boss. The source of your prosperity is from God. You need to be humble and depend on God. Don't think that you're smart. One time, I was in the road in San Diego, and we saw a lot of homeless in San Diego because the weather is so nice. And the pastor told me, one homeless in San Diego was a millionaire. And he was so prideful, and he failed, and now he is homeless. God sustains us. We need to be humble. He's the source of our success. We need to be grateful to Him. We know that we can become prosperous because of Him, not because of man. He is the source of our life. We are not giving out of religious duty, out of religious obligations. Or because we are forced to give, but because we are thankful and we honor our God. I want you to meditate this way. I'm going to close this teaching. Meditate this way. God, I look back in my life. Every good thing that happened to me, that you, if you're kids, that you give me parents, you bless my parents to have income. You give me job. You give me education. Lord, you move my parents from Vietnam to America, and they're successful. From Indonesia to America, God, I know that all these good things come from you. You take care of my life through my parents, and when you grow up, He take care of you. God, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. You are my source. No one else can say that um, my prosperity come from them, but it come from you. I want to receive your best. And when I get older, like Abraham, I can say God has blessed me in everything. Therefore, God, I honor you with. My substance, my possession, and the first fruit of my increase. And when you make that decision, the Lord gonna bless you in everything. Yes, He wants your heart. He wants to make sure that your heart is with Him. Amen. Amen. Everyone say, "I give not because I owe. I give because I honor." Because I'm thankful, because I'm grateful, and because I honor the King of all kings. He is my source of supply. He is my provider. He is the one who will give me the best. Who give me blessing. He empowers me to prosper. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Praise God.
my goal is to see that all of my members around the world, including their children and grandchildren, blessed, prosperous, healthy, successful, long life, be the blessing to the nations, their lives so full of glory. Everyone who come around, my members will be blessed. And their life will so be full of the goodness of God. That's my goal. And not only that, one day when you go to heaven, I'm going to see beautiful crowds on your head. And you live in a big mansion. And your mansion is next door to me and Pastor Da. And your mansion sits at where you can see the mountain with snow cap. With the ocean in front of you, beautiful lakes and ocean, and you have all the furniture that you like. You have all the design that you love. We each like different kinds of house. You're gonna have rewards, truckload rewards in heaven, because you live your life according to the word of God. You live your life for the kingdom of God. That's my dream. That's my hope. That's my desire. I can teach. I can challenge you, encourage you, inspire you, set good example to you. In fact, I say one last thing before I finish. You know, I'm not saying this to boast. Don't take me wrong. Okay, I have no reason to boast. Some of you are young men and women, and I believe you want to be successful. How many people want to be successful? How many people want to be a failure? Listen carefully. By the grace of God, God put the shepherd in front of your eyes, named Pastor Lao and Pastor Da, who have been successful in education. Profession, finances, family, ministry in front of you. I'm not a poor guy. To show you that this couple who practice what the Bible say, it works. I'm not talking about theory. I'm talking about my life. I preach for my life, and I show you, as an example, that what I practiced in the past 40 years, it works. When I want to be a martial art guy, because in Thailand in the 60-70, there were a lot of gangsters on the street. They have knife, they have gun. They hit each other on the street. How, how many people watch the movie called Saturday Night Fever? <laughs> Saturday Night Fever. That generation, the 60s, 70s. My girlfriend so beautiful, so very beautiful, and still beautiful. And because of all this guy, I want to pursue her too. So I have to go learn judo. And taekwondo. 
I can kick back like this too. You want to see? <laughs> I can turn around and kick. <laughs> But before I can become a great taekwondo martial art guy, I need a master. When I want to become a neurosurgeon, I need a master to teach me how to open the skull. His name is Jarat Suwanvela, and Dr. Richard Win. My master of taekwondo name Kim Jung Soo from Korea. Your spiritual walk, you need a mentor, a pastor, or a what you call master of your martial art, spiritual martial art. God put me and Pastor Da as your master to teach you, to train you, and I have gone through life before you, and I have been already successful. God spoke to me this morning when I walk into this room. Tell them, I love you so much. I put the master in front of you who have gone through life and already been successful. Why don't you learn from them? Learn from their teaching. Learn from their lifestyle. Get the anointing from them. Amen. I'm not boasting. It's the truth. Kim Jung Soo, thank you so much. Dr. Win, thank you so much. Jarat Suwanwila, thank you so much. I became a great neurosurgeon because of them. I can still fight today because of Kim Jung Soo. You want to return? <laughs> Hallelujah, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us how to fight in this life, how to, Lord, walk in the right way, so that we can receive your best into our life, like Abraham. Lord, we are serious about practicing what we learn from the Scripture. You are the faithful God. You never lie. You keep your promise. You are the covenant God. You make covenant with us, and we make covenant with you. You say, "As for me, you will do your part." We say to you right now, "As for me and my house, we will do the best for you, give the best to you, and serve you all the days of our life." Lord, thank you, Lord. We will honor you with our possessions and the first fruit of our increase, Lord. We will not love money. We will not worship money. We will worship you only, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. So thirsty.
Mr. 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 Mr.